Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. A reflection from Alice Walker, overcoming speechlessness. A poet encounters the horror in Rwanda, Eastern Congo, and Palestine, Israel. And this one comes from The World is Finding Its Voice. The world is, at last, finding its voice about everything that harms it. In this sense, the twin teachers of catastrophic climate change, some of it caused by war, and the Internet have arrived to awaken the voice of even the most silent. Though the horror of what we are witnessing in places like Rwanda and Congo and Burma and Palestine Israel threatens our very ability to speak, we will speak. And because almost everyone on the planet now acknowledges our collective slide into global disaster, unless we profoundly change our ways, we will be heard. Thus ends the reading. Okay, Alice Walker. You know I love Alice Walker, Jamie. She's had several moments on the show. She she does. I mean, she's the mother of womanism and womanist thought. So, I mean, it's kind of like it's, it's never wrong for us to bring up Alice Walker. And so um, I was just reading um, the text, Overcoming Speechlessness, um, so mm-hmm. about her, like, adventures in Rwanda and Eastern Congo and Israel, Palestine. And so um, I actually bought this book back in college, and I was and I actually didn't read it when I bought it. <laughs> so can you imagine? I've had this for over five years, and not, just now got over, um, got around to reading it, and I read it mm-hmm. in one sitting because it's like only um, only like seventy pages. So it's okay. interesting, really good. So yeah, that's a, something for y'all, y'all books, uh, your bookshelf pearls. So yeah, I I do have an adventure indeed. So I'm going to frame this adventure as a lessons learned adventure, and we are still in our relationship series. So this is about um, a dating experience gone awry, which we all have lots of those. So I'm sharing yes. something that you are already familiar with. This is not at all unique to me, but this is one of my stories, and I'm determined not to make this any more stories moving forward, but you know, we all have our misadventures in dating, so that's not just going to be a me thing. And you all can write in and share your own um, positive and less than positive adventures in dating. We would love to hear them. But anyway, this one, uh, I'm not going to tell you all where it happened, but I'll just tell you that it happened. I'm also, so that I don't have to use a pronoun the entire time, I'm just going to give the man who I'm talking about an alias. So I'm going to call him Peter. That's not his name. Y'all don't go up looking at any Peters. I don't know any Peters. Well, I do know some Peters, but I haven't dated one of them. So (laughs) leave the Peters of the world alone, okay, because I'm not actually talking about anyone named Peter, okay? So relax. So anyway, Portia, I'll tell this to you like story time. Once upon a time, I was using a particular dating app. I won't tell anyone which one I was using either. But anyway, I was using a particular dating app, and I met this guy through the app who was maybe, maybe he's like 10 years older than we are, uh, which is cool. That's fine. And so um, we talked a little bit and decided that we would go out. I, and I guess I was the one who decided we should go out to dinner. He was having trouble figuring out what exactly it is that we should be doing. So I kind of told him dinner and told him where. 
So anyway, so the first kind of thing that was a little bit odd about it is that after we decided that we would meet for a date, he started texting me, I guess, to try to learn more about me before we went out. And so he was texting me things like to ask whether or not I was divorced, if I'd ever been married, that sort of thing, which I thought was kind of unusual before a first date to be texting somebody about that sort of thing. I don't know. I thought it was a little bit unusual. Um, Hmm. And he was letting me know that, you know, he had tried to go out with people in the past, but he was like, he didn't believe in divorce, only in annulment. So I was like, okay, this is a little bit weird to be texting me before we go on a date, but okay, like nerves or just, you know, super Christian values. I don't really know. I didn't really get the whole annulment piece either. Um, But I was like, okay, that's not a reason to be like, okay, I'm going to call this off. So anyway, we went out to dinner and everything was going okay. And so he asked me if I wanted to go to a movie. And so I said, okay. And so we went to a movie theater and we watched a movie and that was all fine and well. And then we both went our separate ways. So within a couple of days, he wanted to go out with me again. So we went for a walk in a certain park that was, like, popular in the area that I was living in. And so, uh, you know, we're out for a walk, all very pleasant. I no longer live in New England, y'all. You, you know that. But one thing that I love about New England is the fall. So it was, like, a beautiful fall afternoon, um, you know, that nice, like, 60-degree weather with a, with a slight breeze that you can get in the fall. I'm in New England, so it was all very lovely. So we go out for a walk, and so this walk was like, you know, it's like completely normal. We're just out and about. And um, so he decides that we should kiss. Okay, like whatever. Portia, girl. It was like the (laughs) strangest kiss I had ever received in my entire life. And I hear a lot of grown women more grown than me be like, you know, if the physical chemistry isn't right, like, you need to turn and walk away. <laughs> well, but, okay, so maybe this is just another thing where it's just kind of, you know, okay, that was odd, um, but okay, you know, odd is odd, that's fine. Um, no, I should have taken it as my first or second or possibly third cue, but, you know, I was like, okay, like, yeah. So I think I saw him maybe within the next, like, week or so. It was all fine and well. Um, but then Portia, he was like, um, are you wondering when I'm going to sleep with you? I'm like, mm, no. Huh? <laughs> right. It was just kind of out of the blue. I'm like, um, like, no, I'm so confused. Um, and so I was, like, trying to steer the conversation, trying to ask him about previous relationships. Portia, he goes down this road of making up some odd number of women that he had slept with, um, which I wasn't sure why he was doing that. Like, I could tell that it was made up. He was pointing it out to me like it was true. But I'm like, that's not an answer to how many relationships have you had to tell me how many women you're claiming to have slept with. And so he's like, well, do you want to know their ethnicities? I'm like, no, that's, Huh? Like, dude, swerve. So anyway, so he texts me and tells me that, and I told you this, that, that I'm, God should have told him if I was his wife and I'm not, so he doesn't think we should waste any time. I'm like, okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> Portia, about like 
three weeks later, this dude texts me again, uh, talking about basically telling me he slept with another woman. Huh? And oh. I'm <laughs> and like, did I want him to come hang out with me? Like, no. <laughs> like, no, no, I do not. I'm cool. I'm good. So this dude continues, and this is part of the lesson, right? Like, no one to block somebody's phone number. He keeps texting me, like, all the time, like, calling, texting. So I finally had to be like, dude, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not interested in you. This is crazy. I told you he texted me one time and asked me if I had a psychological disorder. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I need you to stop texting me. Like, just stop. So anyway, so Portia, he texted me. When did I say I met him, like, in October? So he texted me in, like, December. And it's like, Jamie, I lied. I've only slept with one woman in my life. I've never had a girlfriend. Oh, he's got Why issues. Why are you testing me? Like, I haven't talked to you for months. I'm not thinking about you. I'm not talking to you. Like, why are you, like, sir, why are you texting me? Okay, so I didn't respond to this text message because I'm like, okay, I've moved along with my life. We're all good. We're all good. And so, Portia, you remember this part of the story. This is how you learned the original story. So I'm driving home. It was July. I'm driving home to see my parents in Virginia. Last summer on the East Coast, like, you know, so I wanted to make sure I saw my parents and that we went on our last East Coast vacation and all that. So I was really excited. So I'm driving, driving, driving. I'm probably around New Jersey where you live now. And I all of a sudden, like, hear all these text messages coming through on my phone. Now they do this thing on the iPhone where it can, like, shut off your notifications when you're driving. Didn't have that yet. Yep. Yep. So I get, like, six text messages in a row. I'm like, what in the – like, and, 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 you know, I leave early in the morning to, you know, whenever I was going to Virginia. So it's only, like, seven in the morning, and I'm getting, like, six text messages. I'm like – and, you know, my parents wouldn't text me because they knew I was driving. So if it was important, they were going to call me, not text me. So I'm like, who is texting me at 7.30 in the morning six text messages? And I know it's from the same person because it came back to back. It's Portia so texting about Jesse Pearl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> not at not at seven thirty in the morning when you but you knew I was driving too, so that wouldn't have been you. Portia's very responsible about driving. I get back to Virginia, I look at my phone, and it's and it's it's Peter. That's the the alias I gave him. It's Peter. Um, but anyway, basically he's texting me saying like, I don't know why you're not talking to me. I feel like we were getting along really well. And I never pressured you. I was never mean to you. I was always nice to you. I don't understand. I texted you. I told you happy Thanksgiving. You didn't say anything. I don't understand any of this at all. And so I'm looking at, like, our previous text messages. I'm like, okay, previous text message, December 2016. Currently, end of July 2017. Like, if you wanted to tell me all that text message thread, Shouldn't you have done that back in December, maybe January at the latest? Why am I getting this text message thread right now? And second of all, why is your text message filled with <laughs> lies? So I text him back, and I'm like, okay, it's been like seven months. I've moved on. I hope you have to be well. And I thought that would be the end of it. I thought I'll just be mature. I'm not going to deal with all this pettiness. I'm just going to say goodbye. <laughs> So he texted me back, and he was like, thank you for responding to me. And then, Portia, I get, later in the day, I get a phone call. And I don't have his number saved in my phone, so it's just a random number from a particular area code. And I'm like, I'm not going to answer the phone because I don't know who it is. And then um, I get a text message from him being like, 
pick up the phone. I miss you. What? Oh, Lord. Um, and so um, a few days later, I'm in Martha's Vineyard with my parents. We're, like, you know, enjoying a little family breakfast. It's about 10 in the morning on a weekday. So um, any time, a time that I would expect, unless Peter was also claiming to have been on vacation, that Peter should have been at work. Uh, I'm getting a phone call again from the same number. I'm like, okay, absolutely not. So as soon as I got up from that table, I was like, okay, blunt. <laughs> but I think the lesson in it is when to cut things off. And if you're going to cut things off, like make sure things are fully cut off, that people can't reengage when you don't want them to reengage. I think I also was very focused on, and I think this is something we're socialized to do as women, like men are supposed to break our hearts and we're just supposed to be like always like kind of passive and go along with whatever guy seems to be interested in us in the moment. And I think it's really important for us to get over the being nice thing all the time and really focus on being true to ourselves um, and just to be like really honest when things are not working and just shut it off. But then I also think um, we're going to talk in a few minutes to our guests and one of the things that, of course, I'm sure you remember this, that we talked about with her is knowing your intention. And, I mean, I think all of us have different intentions in terms of entering into relationships. I've been thinking about this a lot lately as a single girl. And, you know, there's dating, there's relationships, there's hooking up, and there's all sorts of other things, like, on the spectrum. And I think for us as women in the 21st century, anything we want to do on that spectrum is perfectly fine. But I think as you know, maturing women, it's really important for us to be clear with our intentions within ourselves and also when needed, like make those intentions clear to someone else and encourage them to make their intentions clear to us. I didn't really need to do this in this situation because it was pretty clear pretty quickly that we weren't on the same page. But just in general, in dating, like knowing how to make your intentions clear and be true to your intentions. Well, I'm glad all is well in the neighborhood, Jamie, because I'm telling you, (laughs) These foods out here will try it. I mean, people in general will try it. But, you know, I'm good for the block, okay? Um, (laughs) Some people, you just got to wish them well and and press the block, you know. And some people will even try it and call you from another number, and it's like, really? And if they can't get through there, then they'll start to Instagram you or they'll start to Twitter you or start to Facebook you. And it's just like, and I I got to the point where when I block you, I block you from everything at one time. And it's like, that's just the end of that. Like, we just, we don't need to have any communication. And that's just the end of that. Um, So, yeah. Dating out here in these streets, y'all, it's a task. It's a task. But, which brings me to the point of what we're talking about today. You kind of mentioned it, uh, Jamie, about our guest, Nicole Azan, who is with us. We are so, 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 so excited and hyped for our conversation with Nicole um, Pro. I really think, we really think that you're going to enjoy it. And just to kind of get y'all in the mood and get y'all ready for Nicole Azan, she does these things called Nickyisms, and <laughs> they actually have me, like, crack up sometimes. So they're so spot on, and then they're kind of funny, too. But she's, but she's being so for real. So, like, this one that she did recently, it's a PSA, right? She says, thank is not a fruit of the spirit. Attitude is not a result of anointing. 
Rude is not acceptable because of your rank. Gossip is not the mark of an intercessor and intercessor. And deductive reasoning and probability is not the prophetic. I was like, well, now that girl went for it. And like I said, it's hilarious. But she, but she's right though. Like, there's a lot of truth in it. Um, and she's really, she's got a lot of wisdom. So I really, really do like Nicole. She's a woman with many talents, many gifts, and she's got an awesome story, and uh, she also has a lot of powerful things to say about relationships. And so um, we're just really excited to share it with you all. So without further ado, um, let's get into it. One more thing. I have been um, using Nicole's services um, a little bit as a part of her uh, session that she did this fall um, in terms of identifying patterns in our relationships. And so she, from my personal experience, is a really great coach. Um, she can be kind of hard on you, which is probably what a lot of us need, um, a swift kick to get us on track in terms of our relationship practices. And so we also want to encourage you to use Nicole's services. In addition to hearing her on this show, it is a great time to sign up for a group session with her or for one-on-one training with her. And you can learn more about her upcoming session at NicoleAzan.com. Her last name is spelled A-Z-A-A-N. So that's NicoleAzan.com. And if you sign up for a session, please let her know that Jamie and Portia from Just Two Pearls sent you. Hey, Pearls. Today we are here with Nicole Azan. She is the trailblazing millennial founder of VIP Coaching, LLC. After recognition for earning several life, relationship, and executive coaching certifications, Nicole concentrated her practice on her passion, relationships. As a witty relationship expert, Nicole empowers singles to create, position themselves to engage in healthy relationships, and partners with couples to salvage their relationships, overcome trauma, and rekindle passion. I like that. After over 15 years of coaching experience, Nicole is best known as the VIP coach for her coaching model to cultivate vision, clarify intention, and understand purpose. Hello, Nicole. Hello, ladies. How are you? We're doing well, thanks. We're so glad that you are here with us, and we are so glad that you're just taking time out of your day to join us. And so, Nicole... We just want to know, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about your practice and what it is specifically that you do outside of what we just heard in your bio. Well, first, thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to be with you. I am a certified life and relationship coach. So basically, I do relationships all day. I have a virtual consultancy, which allows us to maximize technology. So we have clients from all over. I often tell people you don't have to find a babysitter, you don't have to parking, you don't have to worry about getting stuck in traffic to better your life. You can log on to a secure portal and we have video and audio conferencing that allows us to really do individual and couple sessions. So basically when people are looking for something more, when they're dissatisfied, when they feel like, you know, there's just got to be more to my relationship, my life, my routine than what I'm seeing currently, then we use coaching to help them try to really be specific 
about the kind of life that they want and then build the relationships that they'll need to support and sustain that lifestyle. And how did you get into the work that you're doing today? Interesting. Um, I'm a PK, so I guess to some extent I've always kind of been involved in people's lives in intimate ways, just being in ministry. Um, coaching, I decided on because I did a lot of a lot of therapy, and coaching is a little different than actual psychotherapy, but it's great in terms of having some fast results and being able to really help people when they're in a crisis to come out of feeling paralyzed and just get that traction to keep moving. So um, that's pretty much how I got into coaching and just stuck with it ever since. Awesome. So, Nicole, I have a question. What do you think is one of the greatest challenges that people have in relationship building? One of the greatest challenges, I would say, is being honest. And it's so ironic because especially in faith-based communities, just in relationships in general. People will say, I want a great relationship. I don't want to be lied to. Um, Just be honest with me. And yet we go into relationships a lot of times with a very guarded, a very filtered representation of ourselves. And when, when people get into the relationship deep enough, and the real truth starts to come out, that's when people kind of take a second look. So I think being honest and just being vulnerable, safe though in relationships is a really big, a really big challenge. And how do you teach people to really build relationships that are based on faith and um, open communication? Well, we often start with the result, right? No one ever gets married or stands at an altar before a judge saying, I can't wait to be divorced. That's not the ending that people envision. Um, and so we know what we want out of a relationship, but we don't always know what it takes to get that. And this is when biblical principles kind of kick in, you know, sowing and reaping, karma, whatever label you want to put on it. The truth is that we get what we put out in life and so if you are putting out deceit whether you have a a good reason for it or a certain time when you plan to be honest that's going to come back to you so the cultivate i mean the clarify intention action step in coaching is really the one where we work on really what what is your intention honestly why do you want to be married? Is it because your ex got married? Is it because you're tired of hearing your family say you should be married by now? Um, Is it because you're competing with someone else? You know, so when we get to the intention of it and really practicing, practicing honesty, um, I think it starts before we get into male or female relationships or dating relationships, we really have to practice honesty across the board. Great. And you said that biblical principles are at the foundation of what you try to work with couples on. Do you work with individuals as well as they are trying to enter into relationships? Because something that Portia and I talk about often on our show, and we'll be talking about, um, you know, more on some of our shows throughout this fall, is 
the challenge of a lot of women, especially women of color, but now women across the board who we end up single for pretty long periods of time. And so how do we prepare ourselves um, to be in relationships or how do we prepare ourselves for the long haul of single people? <laughs> how do you work with um, non-relationshiped up people? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am single and not in a relationship, and so I, I understand the struggles that it presents. Um, how do I work with people who are single? I believe that practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes patterns. And so sometimes we, we wait as single people, and we, spend a lot, we can put a lot of pressure and have a lot of energy into finding the right person. Oh, if I, if I just go on all these dates and I log on dating and, and I date this many people or I create a certain profile, then I'll be able to get that perfect relationship. But the truth is, when you get into a relationship, you're going to practice your pattern. You're going to do in that relationship what you've always done. So the work that I do with singles is to really examine those patterns. Do you have a pattern of leaving a relationship when it gets difficult? Do you have a pattern of setting down? And you don't need to be in a dating relationship or a marriage relationship to examine those patterns. I definitely encourage singles not to put your life on hold, um, waiting for a relationship or marriage to be the end all or the be all, um, but to really live, live your life fully as a single, if you if marriage is something that you do aspire to, then to begin to look at those patterns that you practice and see what's healthy. What is going to make me a healthier single woman? How am I practicing patterns in my relationships with my friends, with my brothers, with my family that are going to best serve me if I do enter into a marriage relationship? Awesome. So... Nicole, I have another question. <laughs> so, suppose, right, okay, so suppose you are, you know, you're looking for a relationship, right? I think as many as us, you know, young women may be, right? What do you, how do you feel about this whole notion of, well, maybe you should take time to quote unquote date yourself? What are your thoughts about that, about the getting to know ourselves before we begin to cultivate relationships? Getting to know yourself, yes, because um, I often use this analogy. So if we're just meeting and you say to me, what's your name? And I say to you, well, what do you think it should be? Um, I can't tell you that. I'm, I've, I've never met you. I'm asking what's your name. I don't know. Whatever you want it to be, that's my name. That's sometimes how we enter relationships. So I think you do need to know yourself. I take a little bit of pause and caution with the whole dating yourself scenario. You know, people will say, oh, you know, take yourself on a date. Well, wherever you go, you're going to be with yourself. So I don't think that's really necessary um, as far as preparing you for a relationship. I think being really clear and cultivating your vision as a person. So get to know your purpose. Get to know what God called you to do because a relationship is about aligning your life with someone else's. And if you don't know what your life is, what your purpose is to be, what your passions are, then you don't know if you're compatible with someone else. 
so I would say get to know yourself. I don't really put too much emphasis on um, dating yourself. I would kind of reframe that and encourage people to invest in yourself. Great. I love that analogy of allowing others to name us. I think that um, it's so resonant, I think, with our faith tradition that only God can name us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we you know have to, like you've said, fully know ourselves and not allow others to name us in that way. And we have to really um, consider ourselves to be a potential partner for someone else and not as this is the person who completes of me or who names me or who gives my life purpose. So I think that's really profound and important advice. Now, your bio tells us that you are the VIP coach. Girl, mm-hmm. tell us more about what, what it means to be the VIP coach. We want to be on that level. <laughs> you, be on that level. you guys are on it. We have life VIP status. I, I love what you're doing in the platform that you've created. So proud of you. Um, VIP coaching is the coaching model that I actually developed, it's action steps called Cultivate Vision, Clarify Intention, and Understand Purpose. And I created the model to be VIP for acronym's sake, but the wonderful thing about it is it is a fluid coaching model. By that I mean if a client comes in and says, um, I, know my, I know my purpose, I know that I am called to preach. I'm clear about it, but I don't know why doors are not opening or opportunities are not opening. Because that particular person is clear on purpose, we would concentrate our energy and our attention on the other two action steps. Okay, since you're clear on purpose, let's clarify intention. Let's talk about your motive. Why is it that you really are seeking a platform in ministry? What's the vision that God has given you? And so wherever, whatever step needs the most immediate attention, we can start with that action step and move around, which allows us to kind of really customize the coaching for each individual client. Um, I have a policy to never share my client list, just for, I'm really big on confidentiality, and certainly working in relationships, people share intimate struggles, and we definitely want to always protect clients, but it's always great when clients will give a shout out or they will, you know, refer services themselves, but we really, for 15 years, have just seen awesome changes in relationships, and it's not always dating or marriage. I work with family relationships, you know, what family doesn't have relationship challenges, whether it's parental or even if it's a business, you know, church staff or organizational staff will have just different conflict issues. I do relationships all day. That's my purpose. So (laughs) if there is a covenant relationship, I am here to help it reach its best potential. And that's the VIP coaching model. That's awesome. Great. So this is all exciting, 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 exciting work that you do, uh, Nicole. And we really, really just hope that people will take an opportunity just to really get to know you and want to reach out to uh, to use your services because I think you've got a great model going on. I think you've got gems for days for the crowns that we will wear on our heads. And so how can people get into contact with you? Well, 
people can always tweet me. I'm on Facebook. Please don't Facebook Messenger me. I'm not on Messenger. <laughs> I never see the messages, and I don't want you to be offended. But you can tweet or follow me on Instagram at Nicole Azan, N-I-C-O-L-E-A-Z-A-A-N. My website is NicoleAzan.com. This fall, we have some really great new coaching programs that we'll be launching I'm excited about. So I talked a little bit about patterns. There's actually going to be an online group for relationships, whether you're single, married, in a relationship, it's complicated, I don't know what to call it, whatever it is. If you want to work on relationships, that will be launching and that group is called Patterns. We're going to really take time to look at our relationship patterns and walk through coaching and how to develop a healthy practice that's going to lead to the best pattern for healthy relationships. So by all means, tweet me, follow me. I love to connect with people. I love Nickisms and your feedback. So I definitely welcome interacting with more of you. Ooh, Nickisms. I like that. So we'll definitely, definitely, definitely hope that our listeners, Pearls, Nicole just gave you all the plug. So get in contact with her. Hit her up. She's the VIP coach with the VIP coaching. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so make sure y'all do that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Any last thoughts, Jamie? No, thank you so much for joining us, Nicole, and for telling us um, about your incredible practice. And definitely, Pearls, we talk a lot about cultivating the pearl within us, and Nicole is somebody who can help us with that. Um, She is the VIP coach, as Portia said, that is vision, intention, and purpose. Um, So check out Nicole, and thank you so much for joining us, Nicole. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. Everybody, when you leave this podcast, Leave a review and tell the world how awesome Just Two Pearls and Jamie and Portia are because they really are so excited for you. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Hey, Pearls. Have you ever had big faith questions, like questions about religion and faith, that you've always wanted to have answered by two millennial clergy women? Well, here's your opportunity. Please feel free to email us at adventures at justtwopearls.com. Also, you can DM us on Instagram, and you can send us a comment below in one of the pictures. Look out on our Instagram page for us soliciting for your questions. We want to answer them on the show. So don't waste any more time. What are you doing? Go. Go right now to Instagram at our page, at Just2Pearls, and send us your questions. Portia, I have a petty pearl for today, and it is about a relationship, just a different type of relationship. So I've mentioned on the show in the past that earlier this year, I started going to the gym more regularly. So I decided to join my local gym in West Hartford, where I was living, um, because it was right in between my house and work. And so it was a 24-hour gym, which was really nice. So if I wanted to go to the, if I was awake and wanted to go to the gym at 4 in the morning, I could do that. And now I'm using the campus gym, um, which opens when it opens and closes when it closes. So I understand now that I was a little bit spoiled. And my gym membership was pretty reasonably priced. Um, But I am enjoying the campus gym, so all is well there. Anyway, I was part of that 24-hour gym, and I was paying my little fee. But, of course, when I was ready to move to California, I wanted to cancel that membership because I obviously don't want to pay for something that I'm no longer using. 
So I get to California, and so I called out to the gym um, to try to cancel the membership. They didn't answer. Um, so I left a voicemail message explaining the situation, and then I wanted to cancel my membership. So I get an email back from them telling me that I need to send confirmation of my address via certified mail in order to basically prove that I'm no longer there and that will allow them to cancel my membership. And so they were saying I could send them like a copy of a lease or a copy of an ID card or something like that. And I just was like, okay, like that's the most, just to like cancel my gym membership, like I'm pretending to be in California. So I had to, you know, because we don't get traditional leases because I'm in graduate student housing, and so I, and I didn't want to send them anything with, like, a whole bunch of personal information about me all over it. And so I was, like, running around campus trying to figure out who I needed to go to to get proof of address to send to my gym, which sounds ridiculous because every office I went to, they were like, oh, you need this for the DMV? I'm like, no, I need it for my gym. <laughs> they won't cancel my membership. <laughs> So that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so finally I found the office that does proof of housing um, or proof of address, and they were very happy to do the letter for me. They emailed me a copy, and they printed out a copy, and she was very amused that my gym would not accept me just saying that I needed to cancel my membership because I moved. So anyway, so I was like, okay, the perfect way like, around this is since this is a document that's clearly coming from the school, it has the school stamp on it, and she's already emailed it to me in addition to printing it out for me. Instead of paying to send it via certified mail, I'm just going to, like, send them the emailed copy of this letter instead of paying, like, $5 to send something via certified mail. So I did that, and I got no response, Portia. So finally I was like, okay, I'm so over this, right? And so I call, like, the national um, financial people, and they were like, oh, we don't handle, um, you know, canceling gym memberships. And I was like, okay, well, do you guys have, like, a national office other than yourself? And the lady is like, well, yeah, I guess we do, but I don't know the phone number. What? So, <laughs> so you know me, Portia, and you know every black woman in America. Not to be essentialist about this, but you know every black woman in America. We're going to get the information that we need because I'm not going to, like, now you really have made me upset. So um, I'm calling, you know, so I'm looking all over the Internet trying to figure out what their phone number is for their national office because I know they have one. They don't just have a financial office. I know there's someone who's managing all these offices. And so I figure out the phone number to the national office, and I called them, and they told me what the entire deal was and that if my gym didn't get back in touch with me, they were going to call and leave a message, but if they didn't call and get back in touch with me in a reasonable amount of time, that I should get back in touch with them. I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, okay, great. So, Portia, within, like, an hour, they call me from my gym in Connecticut. And they're like, oh, yeah, we heard from the national office. It's so great that you called them. And, yes, we did receive your email from a few days ago. And we still need you to send a letter via certified mail that just says that you want to cancel your membership. So I had them on campus. Oh like, my God, type up, like, a two-line letter, Portia. Like, all it says is, like, effective immediately. I want to cancel my membership because I moved out of area, signed Jamie D. Crumley. Like, I had to spend an entire sheet of paper. You know, it costs to print, of course. It cost me my legwork because I'm like, this is a big campus. I'm running all over campus, like, trying to print something out, trying to figure out what office I need to go to. I have to go to the post office. I have to um, send the letter via certified mail, which obviously, you know, I pay for the stamp, and then you pay for certified mail. I couldn't send it regular mail because their claim is that, 
they get regular mail, but sometimes they lose it. So I had to do all of this and, of course, wait for it to get to Connecticut. Um, and, of course, you know, like I'm tracking it, right? So that's the only good part about certified mail, but obviously I'm tracking it across the country. So I saw when it arrived. And I could see that they still were, like, pending my cancellation. So I wrote to them and was like, okay, anything else that you need from me? And they were like, oh, no, thank you so much. Come visit anytime you're in Connecticut. Really? Really? <laughs> so anyway, y'all, the moral of the story, because I've heard jokes about this, about people, like, taking their – taking their gym to, like, court or whatever because their gym won't cancel their membership. Like, this is, like, I didn't know that was a real issue. I seriously thought that was, like, a joke. But, y'all, watch these contracts that you're signing because these gyms will be taking your life. Like, they'll just be like, you know what? Like, you belong to our gym for life. Uh, no. No, I do not because I know what they would have done. If I waited, um, when the new year started, they would have just charged me again for another year. And, no, that's not going to happen. That's absolutely not – I'm not going to pay for a service I'm not using. It really is a great gym. I really did enjoy my time there. But I'm no longer currently there. So, no, I ain't going to pay, y'all. That's legit. From now on, Pearls and Jamie and myself know what we're going to do every time we sign up for something. Say, so what's the cancellation policy? But exactly. I'm yes, I am, and I want to know what the cancellation policy is. <laughs> so they want to be petty, be petty right back. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.